today we're starting a one-part series. So pay attention, because if you don't get it today, you, you won't get it next week, you know, unless you just listen to it again. Um, and uh, we're going to start reading here in verse 13 in just a moment. So how many times, um, well, if we actually just piggyback on what just happened here, you know, baptisms, um, which is when we publicly tell people we're going to follow Jesus, but it's also the representation that we died with Christ and we were raised to new life, right? If you don't understand that, read the whole book of Colossians. You will, you will gain so much insight in what that means, okay? And so we died with Christ. We rose to new life. So the dead man is old, and there's been much teaching and, and confusion about this for many years because we think... Well, if I am a new man, you know, if I'm a new woman, like, why do I still struggle, right? Why do I still struggle? And so today we're going to address some of those questions and in, in hopes that, you know, you will understand not, not only where that struggle comes from, but also how to uh, address it, how to be victorious over it, and that you would also know confidently that God has given you all authority because Jesus took back all authority and he gave us authority in his name, right? And in, through, in him and through him, now we're able to do all things, right? We have the mind of Christ. We can do all things through Christ who strengthened us. Why? Because of what Jesus did. Because of the finished work of the cross. You know, he rose again. We rose with him to new life. And in him, now we can do all things. Amen? And so, if, um, if, if, if we start reading in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to go in uh, verse mm, 13, okay? It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy. So say with me, I have an enemy. Okay. In the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the piece that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith. To stop the fiery arrows of the devil, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Okay? So why would you need an armor? Well, because there's a battle. Okay? We have an enemy and there's a battle. So if we go back up to uh, verse 12, it says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Okay? Now, uh, turn uh, over to the book of um, 2 Corinthians. Okay? And we're going to go to chapter 10. And we're going to start reading there in verse 3. says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans, okay? We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ, okay? And so when we pay attention to what we're reading here in these two um, portions of scripture, we understand that we have an enemy, 
we've been given weapons, but it's not a flesh, you know, battle. It's not a, you know, body combat. It's not with people, but it's a spiritual battle, okay? And there's two types of battles that it describes here. It's describing a battle with spiritual things. With There are demons, right? There is a devil. There is spiritual things that we don't see. As a matter of fact, most of what exists, about 94% of everything that exists that God created is invisible. We cannot see or touch. We can only see and touch and smell. And, you know, with our five senses, we can perceive about 6%. Is it 6 or 4? Some. 4%, even less, 4% of everything that actually exists, right? So there's so many things that we don't know. But the things that we, where we live and the things that we do see and perceive are uh, in the first heaven, which is this heaven, which is what you see, okay? And there's a second heaven where the devil and the demons and, you know, all of the spiritual warfare happens. And then there's a third heaven, you know, which we're not going to go into all of these things, but I'm just giving you a big picture understanding. And then there's, there's a third heaven, which is where God is, okay? And most importantly, well, not most importantly, but also very important, where, where we're seated with Christ Jesus. You know, the Bible says that we've been seated with him in heavenly places. So in other words, you have a place of authority and you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, okay? And so that's our place of authority, and from that place of authority is that we're able to rule and take dominion and reign here on this first heaven and defeat anything that is going on in the second heaven. Okay, hopefully I didn't lose you there. And, and again, you know, I'm just going to try to be as brief on those things because we don't have time to study all, all, of, all of that. But the point is we need to understand that we have a battle and it's a spiritual battle. It's not a battle against people, not even the people that we don't like and not even bad people. It's a battle in the spirit, okay? And there's two other places where this battle happens. And many times we're just trying to have first heaven solutions to problems, you know, that are happening in the second heaven without even tapping into our third heaven authority. And so we're obviously going to struggle there. Do you like that? This is called spirit wars. You know, when people talk about spiritual warfare, um, or if you hear spiritual warfare, the first thing that comes to mind is a demon. Demon chasing you, people scared, running, right? Or maybe what comes to mind is like, oh boy, we're going to do spiritual warfare. That means we're going to be up all night, praying, screaming, you know, yelling, you know, on our knees, fasting probably for days. And we think like, oh, no, don't count me in, you know, spiritual warfare, uh, I don't, I'm out, you know, like it's exhausting. But, but that's not it. We have a wrong idea because we've been given authority. You know, it's, it's not really even a fair fight. So part of the fight is happening in our minds and in our hearts, okay, in the soul realm. Because you have to remember that we are a three-part person. We're a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body, which is our vehicle, okay? And so if we are a tri-dimensional person, then we need to also think of or look at the struggles in life from a tri-dimensional perspective. And a lot of times we look at it just as one dimension, like, like if it's a, a, a drawing on a piece of paper. And it's not that way. There's other aspects that we're not looking at, okay? And so, um, you guys can put up 
uh, that, that's, that first slide, it says frustration, okay, is a result of mistreatment, which is a result of misdiagnosed, okay? So I get, how many of you experience frustration with an issue or a struggle or something you're battling and you just haven't had breakthrough, right? Well, that frustration comes from a mistreatment, means that you have not treated the root or you haven't treated the thing that is causing it or where it's coming from, okay? And that mistreatment is a result of a misdiagnosis. So if you have a headache and you go to the doctor and he gives you migraine medicine, but what you have is a tumor, you're still going to have the headaches, right? It doesn't matter the frequency. It doesn't, how, it doesn't matter how much migraine medicine you take. It's a tumor that's in there that is causing the pain. Are you following me? And so a lot of times Christians do this and they're like, okay, you know, I just like, one solution, you know, I've just told like, just confess the word, confess the word. And that's amazing. And that is good. And we need to confess the word. But if you don't know where the issue is, where the root is, or what the real diagnosis is, then you're just in works and in performance, trying to use the word as if it was an aspirin or a magic pill, but you have zero understanding of where it's coming from. You can pray all night, right? And you can pray for the wrong thing. I mean, if you've, uh, if you've ever heard Andrew Womack, right? it, he has a book called A Better Way to Pray, right? Which teaches us there's a better way to pray than to just pray and babble and confess and say things that you have no understanding for or that have no purpose because the problem is a different one. You know, maybe, maybe you've, you've struggled in your finances for a long time, right? And you're you're just looking for the demons, and you're like, it's a demon. It's a demon that is, you know, taking my finances, and it's not a demon. You're looking at just one solution that is possible, but it's probably not it, you know, and if you look at it from a tri-dimensional aspect, it could be two other things. It could be that you have a poverty mindset, and you're actually repelling wealth and prosperity in whichever way it comes to you, or you just have a bad budget. And you're spending more than you're making. And so it's not over-spiritualizing things and it's not over-simplifying things. It's asking the Holy Spirit, right? John uh, 16, 13, that leads us into all truth to say, what is the root, the cause of this thing, of this issue, you know? And if we look at the life of Jesus, the life of Jesus was, was a great example for us, right? It's always our example. The way he healed people, it wasn't always the same. Sometimes he cast out a spirit of infirmity because it was a spiritual thing. So he cast out a spirit of infirmity, a demon of infirmity or a deaf and mute spirit. And then they were healed. They were set free. And sometimes he would just, a lot of times he would just speak to the body, right? And take authority over the physical, over the body, and just command it to be healed. And it was healed. And how many times do we know also that sickness can be rooted in our soul? So sickness can have root in our soul because maybe we're a very angry person full of bitterness and unforgiveness and we've just been under that kind of stress and torture for so many years that our body is resenting and feeling the effects of years of bitterness and anger. 
and that's why you have heart issues. How many times, you know, we've prayed for people that were, were sick, and they've been prayed for many times, and here we are speaking to the body, you know, and they would feel good for a little bit, but then it would come back. Why is it? Because we only trimmed the top, we didn't pull the root. And so we need the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth and to show us like, hey, this is not a first heaven issue. This is a second heaven issue. You know, this is a spiritual attack or this is a mindset or this is unforgiveness. We had a testimony. Um, maybe some of you guys heard it last, last week. We were at the men's retreat and, and somebody testified um, that, you know, on the Holy Spirit night somebody couldn't receive the holy spirit they were just like blocked they were like you know god i'm asking and and you said you'd give it to me and i can't feel anything and and like it's it's not happening you know i see everybody receiving the holy spirit and i'm not receiving the holy spirit and then uh, shortly after that we talked about forgiveness and while we were talking about forgiveness i led them through an activation and through forgiving people and he said i didn't think i need to forgive anybody but ask the holy spirit say do i need is there anybody i need to forgive and the Holy Spirit showed him a person. So he was obedient and said, you know, I forgive this person and prayed and believed in his heart. And he said the moment he prayed that prayer and forgave this person, in that moment he felt the Holy Spirit just come in and fill him. He said something I can't explain, just how I felt. So we're a tridimensional person. We need to learn how to look, you know, at our struggles and our battles from three dimensions because they're not supposed to be 40-year battles. They're not supposed to take years and years. It's not supposed to. But sometimes we don't like what we need to do, you know. I mean, how many of you have me or my wife recommended that you go to Sozo? Raise your hand, please. I know there's a lot more, you know, right? How many of you has my wife ever given a book to? There's probably a lot more than, right? So the reason why it's different solutions for different things is because sometimes the roots are, are different, you know? And you're like, you know, I heard the word about this thing and nothing happened, you know? And what the religious mindset would say is like, well, keep on reading it and keep on confessing it. And if nothing's happening, then there's something really wrong with you. And what happens is that shame moves in now and vulnerability is completely shut down. So now I can't even share the very fact that I'm still not free from this thing. Because I believe there's something so wrong about me, I'm not even free to ask for help anymore. So we need a tridimensional perspective on these things, right? I could be renewing my mind, renewing my mind. You have a clean heart. You have nobody that you have unforgiveness towards like, you know, you're good there. You've been to Sozo three times and you're still getting attacked. You know, what's happening? It's a spiritual attack. We have an enemy. I got I to tell you this. Um, man, I have a lot of time left. This is so good. I don't have to rush. Um, yesterday night, you know, I was... Uh, I've been just praying about this all week, you know, preparing because it's it's a very extensive subject, and I'm like, one Sunday, you know, we're gonna get this in in, in one Sunday, 
And, um, and so it's like when, when you're sending a big file by text message and it's like compressing, compressing, right? And, um, and so I've been just chewing on this all week. And um, because spiritual warfare, like if you say spiritual warfare, some people automatically check out, go, oh, I'm going on a fishing trip. You know, that's not for me, you know, or, you know, I, I'm not interested in that. But if we're new creations and our authority is now in heaven, then we really need to know how this stuff works or we're going to struggle a lot in life and be very frustrated because we will mistreat things that we've misdiagnosed, okay? And so yesterday night, you know, I was like, I felt all good, all ready to go. And all of a sudden I felt this heaviness, just like, I'm, I'm telling you, it was so heavy. And my wife's like, what's wrong? Why are you so stressed? And we had a great relaxing day, you know. She said, why are you so stressed? I don't know. I said, I'm like, I'm feeling so much heaviness. I'm feeling like stressed out. I'm worried. I'm like, and so I went, you know, to the couch and I just laid out and, and I started going through, you know, my mind. I'm like, what lie am I believing? Is there something, is there a lie that I'm believing? You know, no. Okay, is, do I have offense against anyone? Is, is the Holy Spirit, are you trying to tell me something, you know? And so, you know, after I, I went through through a checklist that I'll share with you in a moment, you know, I, I came to the last one, which is like, this is just a spiritual attack, you know? Because if the body of Christ understands their spiritual authority and how to not spend 40 years or six years or two months, you know, in problems that can be addressed in a day and have victory in a day, like we'll become really powerful because all these attacks and all these hurts and all this heart issues and, and lack mentalities, all these things are just distractions for us, right? They're distracting us from running our race and doing what God called us to do as the best we can. And so if these things have a hold on our life and we're still being deceived or we're still being distracted, then he's preventing us and he's stealing time, right? And time is something so valuable because we only have a limited amount of time here on this earth before Jesus comes. We have a limited amount of time to run our race here on earth. And so the more he can distract us and keep us occupied with other things, the better. So if we learn, you know, how to identify, discern, and have victory over the right issues, how to correctly diagnose and treat whatever's going on in our lives or people that we're helping, like, that's dangerous for the devil, right? And so, you know, I realized, man, like, this is, this is probably really powerful because the enemy is like, I really feel just like a spiritual attack on me. And so all it took was, like, praying the Spirit for, like, 10, 15 minutes, you know, and... And I felt, it felt completely free, light, you know. I remember his light, his, uh, his yoke is um, easy and his burden is light. So I'm like, I don't feel easy and I don't feel light. So this is not God, right? And so I just prayed in the spirit for a few minutes and it lifted off and I feel great and I slept great, you know. And so we're having a lot of victory. I mean, baptisms, you know, that you would understand that from your water baptism right there, like that's the picture of exactly what happened. The old man is dead. The old man is dead, 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 dead. If we engage the wrong adversary, I will lose that invisible battle. 
And a lot of people go engage the wrong adversary. There is an enemy, and it's the devil, right? But if I engage the wrong enemy, I'm not going to win that battle. Let's just say that Jason is the enemy. Come here, Jason. Come here. Just for a second. Just stand, stand right here, okay? Just up, way up here, yeah. So I'm trying to get you taller than me. So, um, so now go like this, like, you know, on my back. And I don't know what it is, right? And so... I, you know, I've been taught incorrectly, so what I do is like, this must be me battling the old man. So I go down to the grave, right, and I pull up my old man, and I beat him up, and I say, why are you acting like this? Why are you acting like this? You know, I beat him up real good, drop him back in the tomb, you know, come back, and I feel good for a few minutes, but the real enemy is still laughing because he's still there. Okay, this is just a picture. This is just a picture, right? So I'll give it up for Jason. He's so good. So if I engage the wrong adversary, I will still lose that invisible battle. Nothing happened. The old man is dead. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. We're not like a glove that Jesus put on. And you're like, well, why do I act like the way I act? It's because transformation happens through renewal of the mind. And that's still your soul. And that still needs to be renewed. And that's your subconscious. That is what we still need to be perfected. You know, when the Bible says to, um, to work out our salvation, it's not telling us you're not saved. You better be really good and really work hard if you want to go to heaven. That's not what it's saying. See, salvation is to be completely whole and completely free. In spirit, soul, and body, right? So our spirit is perfect. So now with the working out of our salvation is the renewing of our mind that produces transformation in our heart. And so we're just becoming better vessels that look more like Jesus so we can walk more in the spirit and less in the flesh. Because the old man is dead, but the flesh is still here. The old man is not the flesh. We were born again out of the spirit. So before we had a spirit that was corrupted by sin, right? When we were born again in the spirit, we were born out of an uncorruptible seed. Our spirit is, is perfect. It's our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, right? That is being formed and renewed, transformed more and more into the image of Jesus. And the more that we are transformed, the more in the spirit, the more of the spirit that we see in our lives. It's like the example of the incompatible Walmart remote control that I've given so many times, right? We have, you have the original, the OEM remote control to your super smart TV. And all the buttons work perfect. I mean, your TV can dance, you know. But you lose that remote control. Okay. The TV, you know, still has all those functions, all that power, right? But you just don't have the right remote control. And so you go to Walmart and you get the $2 remote control, and all it can do is turn the TV on, you know. And then you find another code, you program it a little better, and now you can turn the TV on and change the channel. But there's a better code, right? And there's like a million codes, if you've ever seen this, you know. And... 
you finally find another one that also turns up the volume, right? So that is our soul being renewed. And the more it's renewed to match the OEM, the new spirit we have, the more of the functions and the power that we will see in our life. Because otherwise it makes no sense that the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us and that we have all that power. Why isn't it working? It's because the remote control is still being programmed. Okay? So understanding this um, warfare is really important. Okay? And um, I'm going to give you um, a few things to break it to break it out easy, okay? Can a Christian be demon possessed? Dun, dun, dun. So possession means uh, you know to inhabit to to actually take habitation and fill you know someone and you're already filled if if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've been already filled with the Holy Spirit and like and he lives in you. So no, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed, okay? But a Christian can be demon-oppressed. And there are actually, I'm not making this up, there's actually two different words for oppression and possession, okay? And oppression, it has to do with breaking down. Oppression has to do with, um, with attacking, with coming over, okay? Um, a, a lot of people describe it like as a dark cloud or like what I experienced yesterday, I was not demon-possessed yesterday, but there were some demons in the second heaven who were just not happy, right? And they were coming to do war against me, you know, in this area. So, so that was oppression, you know. Oppression had to do with, um, um, you know, uh, the Bible talks about the fiery darts of the enemy, okay? And that's why we need the helmet of salvation because the helmet goes over our head and it protects our thoughts. And that's why we need to also turn, take our thoughts captive. Because a lot of times, thoughts come into our minds, but they're not ours. And so there's lying spirits that are coming, right, and oppressing you and saying, you don't have what it takes. You're not enough. You know, nobody believes you. You just, you're weak, right? And so they're lying spirits that their goal is to be believed. And the problem is when we don't know that those are not our thoughts. Because then they give us thoughts and then they accuse us of having those thoughts. So now we feel shame also. Okay? So a lying spirit come and tell you, yeah, you, you know, you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You're weak. You're, you're, you're a bad person, you know. And then you believe those thoughts. And then the enemy accuses you of having those thoughts and puts you in shame. So when we understand this, we recognize we are not those thoughts. And those thoughts are not our thoughts. And that's when we take those thoughts, obedient, those thoughts captive, we arrest them, and we take them and we make them uh, obedient to Christ, to the word of God. What does God say about the situation or about me? Okay, if you have a, if you have a, a retail store and some crazy out of control person walks in and starts knocking down the shelves, what are you going to do? You're going to let him do that? You're going to let him make a mess? Or are you going to call the police and arrest that person? So they don't continue creating chaos, right? 
you can't stop a bird from flying over you, but you can stop the bird from making a nest on you. Okay, that's the exercise of taking our thoughts captive. Um, I, I've shared this with many of you already, and it was really hard to share this at first. It's easier now. But when I had the accident over a little over a year ago, you know, and I was just right down there on the ground uh, with my leg looking the other direction. It's okay. I laugh about it now. Sometimes. Oh, that's too much. Okay. And, um, and I was sitting there, you know, the enemy came quickly. And that was one of the first times I felt such a strong spiritual attack, right? Because these thoughts started flooding my mind, you know, and it took me about a fraction of a second to realize these are not my thoughts. I don't think that way. But the thoughts that came and, you know, like things that happen in a fraction of a second sometimes feel like they're really long, right? I actually felt suicidal thoughts, you know, in that moment. It was like, your life will never be the same. Do us all a favor and call it, you know. And I was like, it feels so real for a moment. I was actually carrying my gun with me. And I remember looking over at my backpack and like thinking, yeah, I, I mean, why prolong this? And it felt so real. And Holy Spirit comes in and it's like, psh, reminds me, right? Because he reminds us of the things, you know, that he's taught us and he'll lead us into all truth. And he came to my rescue and he's like, psh, that's not, those are not your thoughts. Remember, those are not your thoughts. And I was like, okay. My hope is in Jesus, right? And immediately my picture, the image in my head changed from a hopeless future to a future with Jesus. Because remember, anything that is hopeless is because we have not imagined God in it anymore. Anything that is hopeless doesn't have God in it. And so I, you know, quickly changed my picture. Anyways, but it's very real. And I had to realize, oh, this is a spiritual attack, you know. I'm like, I've never felt this before. Like, this is horrible. And there's people that, and it gave me compassion because there's people that live in that all the time. All the time. Like, these are daily thoughts and these are daily struggles. And there's people that don't have Jesus and there's people that don't know there's a spiritual war going on against their lives. And so... You know, if we don't know the difference, we will engage the wrong adversary. And a lot of times it's ourselves, right? And we'll beat ourselves up and take ourselves into shame, you know, and keep us there and never get better. And so we have to recognize these are not my thoughts. Are you with me? Okay, so, so a Christian can be oppressed, okay? And oppression can come from a couple different things. First of all, you can't, sin opens the door to the devil. The Bible clearly tells us, do not give foothold to the devil. Don't give room to the enemy. So that means that we can give room to the devil. We can open up a door, right? Through sin, through sexual perversion, through, through watching pornography, through watching horror movies, through uh, listening to the wrong things, through, you know, being in the wrong environment or, you know, like there's different things that can open up doors in our lives. Now, I'm not telling you to be scared of oh my gosh is this opening up a door should I eat in that taco shop no no calm down okay <laughs> but if you feel oppression you know it, it could be that somewhere you missed it you know and you've opened 
a door for the enemy. And so it's very simple. Like this, is, this isn't hopeless. You repent, okay, which means to turn around and go the other direction. Just like Jesus told the woman who was caught in adultery, is like, go and sin no more. Like that was pretty simple. That's what grace does because that also empowers us to go the other direction, right? And, uh, and so you repent, you close that door, and, and you agree to go in the other direction. That, that's it. Simple, right? Watching pornography can open the door to a spirit of perversion in your life. So you could feel oppression in our home or oppression of your life if you're living in sin. And so what do you do? It's not a hopeless situation. You close the door. You repent. You agree to go the other direction, do things differently. And the door's closed. Okay? It could also be that you believe the lie. Okay? And so if you believe the lie, then you're under deception. Because what you believe, you're actually putting faith into and you're producing in your life. And so, you know, there's a, um, well, there's, there's many people, right, who have been labeled from their young, young ages, right? You're dumb. You're stupid. You can't learn. You ugh, can't believe, right? And these things, like, they start believing them and open, open themselves up to things in the spirit, right? Maybe it's a, a lying spirit now that just has, has them completely bound like, you will never, ever amount to anything in your life. And it's just such a stronghold now. And a stronghold, remember, is a stronghold is a mindset. A really strong mindset. And so those thoughts can become strongholds in our lives. Right? Where people tell you truth and it's like it bounces. It's like it's not sticking. Because it's, it's been there for so long that it's a stronghold and it needs to be broken down. But what happens is when we receive truth, the Bible tells us that the truth will set us, what? Free. Right? It opens up our eyes. Now I have revelation. Now I see the lie. And I know the truth that God says about me. And I believe that truth. And now I am free. Okay? So if you're experiencing oppression because you're believing a lie, you just need to go to God and ask him, you know, what's the lie? And what is the truth that you say about this? You know, these are things that we do in Sozo. And sometimes we send people to Sozo because we think it's going to be the most efficient, quick, productive way for them to have breakthrough. And they go, oh, I don't have time. Oh, I don't know. That sounds kind of weird. It's like, do you understand? Like, you've been living like this for however many years, you just said, and you're not willing to invest some time. You know, do you see how crazy this is? Oh, I, I'm not a reader. I'm not a reader. I'm just not a reader. It's like, how about you become a reader and you get set free for the rest of your life? You know, how about you trust a pastor that loves you who's not making a commission on Sozo, just if you didn't know, you know, and you go get set free and you make us all, including your family, a lot happier to be around you. <laughs> oh, man. With a spoonful of sugar? No, I'm just kidding. Um, and there's another reason why we um, can feel oppression, spiritual oppression, and that's through unforgiveness, you know. When we are holding unto um, offense and we're in unforgiveness, we will put ourselves in prison. 
Jesus said he came to set the captives free. Okay? And to give freedom to the oppressed. He gave his life to forgive us. So it's our obligation now to forgive people. Okay? And so when we don't, we put ourselves in a prison of torture where we are the ones that are suffering because we're choosing to hold on to unforgiveness. And so that brings oppression in our lives. There's one more kind of, um, of spiritual battle, okay? Two minutes, 40 seconds. Okay, I can do this. And remember, this is an overview. This is to give us a big picture understanding, okay? And it's the Holy Spirit that's going to lead you, you know, in those areas. Say, hey, you need to go to Sozo. You, you know, you just need to, you know, work out some lies. You just need to take authority in the Spirit, you know, over this thing that is just coming to attack you. Um, there's another type of resistance, spiritual resistance that we feel when we are going into our promised land. Okay? So when the Israelites went into the promised land, there was giants. Okay? And there was resistance. So sometimes we're facing uh, resistance, and it's not necessarily, you know, a mind issue, an unforgiveness issue, or a demon attacking us directly out of nowhere. It's, it's that we're taking new territory. And when we're taking new territory, there's just a resistance that comes with it. That's the only kind of discomfort that you should learn to be okay with. Listen to me. When you're taking new territory and you're facing resistance... It's normal because there's giants in the land that God has called you to take. And you have authority over those giants. You have victory over those giants. And all you need to do for that is remember the promises. Okay? So for sin, you repent. For lies, you ask the Holy Spirit to show you the truth. For unforgiveness, you forgive, right? And if you're just taking new territory and you're feeling spiritual resistance, then the answer is to remember the promises. You stand on those promises. That's the time when you stand on God's promises. And you make his promises now prophecies. And you declare those prophecies, those prophetic words, okay? Because he gave you those promises. And that's how you move into the promised land. Because those giants, you'll have them for breakfast. Are you with me? So that's normal. Normal resistance, okay? And then there's one more level, but I'm, I'm only going to mention this, and that is the physical level, okay? The physical level, and that has to do with our physical body, okay? And when our physical body is not whole or healthy, it could feel, I mean, a lot of things could feel really wrong, okay? And, and, and this is the part where, again, Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Maybe you chased demons for 18 years and it didn't help because it wasn't a demon. It was a mindset. Maybe it's not a mindset. And maybe it's a chemical imbalance. And it feels like oppression. It feels like spiritual warfare. It feels like sickness. But it's just a chemical imbalance. And so you need to take care of your body. You need to love your body. You need to be nice to your body. You need to talk to your body with love. The Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. 
You know, God made sure that in loving your neighbor, you knew that it was just as important to love yourself. Because you're important, but so am I. That's a powerful attitude. Okay? And so, so we need to take care of our bodies. Sometimes it's a hormonal imbalance. Sometimes it's a chemical imbalance. Sometimes, and you're like, well, but why? You know, like, like is this normal? But listen, th there's a million explanations, you know, going down to the food that we eat nowadays that before we didn't eat. But one of the number one reasons for chemical and hormonal imbalances are high stress. And we live in one of the most stressful countries in the world. High, high stress that we were not created for. See, every country has a rhythm. You know, they measure frequencies, they measure rhythms, you know, and, and, and it's like a tempo, like tick, 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 tick. You know, like every country has a rhythm. Don't ask me how they measure that right now, okay? But you feel it and you notice it when you go to other places because you go to Kenya and the rhythm is like this. Mexican? Tick, tick, tick. Oh, come on. But you come to the States and it's like, and that's what's happening to people. And so we need to, we need to pay attention to our bodies. Okay? Because it's not going to do us any good to engage the devil, the wrong adversary, when the problem is right here. And the stress that I'm living in and the rhythm I have and how I've messed up, you know, my chemical structure in my body. Now I need to go and I need to nurture my body back to health. Now, can God heal that? Absolutely, you know. But see, we need to be aware of these things because we're responsible. We're responsible for ourselves. And a lot of times we act like victims. Oh, I prayed and God's never answered, you know. Would you just stop eating junk food? <laughs> We need to look at all battles and struggles from a tridimensional place, you know. And I'm not saying like, oh, right, here we go, all of them, you know. But I'm saying like there's, there's things that we need to be intentional and we be, need to be smarter about. We, we have the mind of Christ, like, you know, the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from that lives in me. So if, if, I'm re, if I feel like I'm really struggling in a lot of areas, I'm not having breakthrough, I need to look, you know, at all these things, say, Lord, show me, Holy Spirit, where, where's the root of this issue, you know? I've lived this with, for so long, you know? And, and, and that's why people end up, you know, making wrong theology, thinking, well, God must not want to heal me. Oh, maybe it's Paul's thorn and all kinds of whacked out stuff, you know, because we're unaware that we're a tridimensional being, and it could be a spiritual thing, it could be a mindset, a program, a stronghold, you know, or it could just be something that needs to be addressed in our body, in our physical body. Amen. When, uh, when I was uh, recovering from, from this injury, which I'm getting stronger every day, praise God. But when I was, uh, you know, in the, in the really hard part of it, you know, I went for all of it. You know, I, I was every day laying in bed, you know, and I was doing all three of them. 
I was renewing my mind. I was seeing myself, you know, in a hopeful place, you know, running and jumping on the beach again. Because like I've shared with you guys many times, you know, that's my picture. I'm doing long jump on the beach in the sand, you know, and renewing my mind and my hope to that, you know. And, and I'm reading the word and I'm, you know, in, in the spiritual, I'm, I'm declaring my victory and my future. And, and I'm, I'm doing all of it, right? And I'm taking the vitamins and I'm doing the rehab and everything. It's like you throw everything you have to it when you're serious about getting better. Because enough of the distractions of the devil, enough is enough. Like he's stolen enough time. You know, he's stolen in your marriage enough. He's stolen in your kids enough. He's stolen in your life enough. Like enough. You know, if, if you've always struggled with finances, tackle this thing once and for all. Like where is it, God? You know, is it a spiritual attack? You know, I have authority over it. You know, is it, is it a mindset, Lord? Okay, let me go to people and places that will help me renew my mind to what you say about this. You know, is it a bad budget? Then go to financial peace and know, learn how to do a budget, you know. But, but stop being a victim of all these things because you were created for abundant life. And you were created, you know, to, to, to do amazing things in Christ Jesus. And if you're not prospering and you're not advancing and you're not, you know, making disciples, then you're being distracted by something. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you so much for everybody here. I thank you for your word, God. And I just ask you this morning, God, Holy Spirit, would you lead us into truth? Would you lead us into truth? Would you show us, you know, the places and the battles that, that we've engaged the wrong enemy in? Holy Spirit, I pray that today you would simplify warfare for us. That, that, that it would be so simple, so easy, that we'd be so in tune with you that we would know exactly where the attacks come from, where, where the roots are, where, where the things are, that we wouldn't lose a minute anymore distracted by, by attacks or by our own self or, or, by, or by the wrong enemy, God. I just pray, Holy Spirit, right now, and, and as, I, as we're here right now, Holy Spirit, would you also show us right now if there's anybody we need to forgive, right now you know there's many things I talked about but let's just do this one right now and just say Holy Spirit is there anybody I need to forgive right now just ask him Holy Spirit is there anybody that I need to forgive you know and and if he shows you someone um, don't question it the, the, the fact that you might still feel pain or, or discomfort about that person or situation. doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them. Forgiveness is a decision. And so right now I just ask Holy Spirit, is there somebody I need to forgive? Because every time you choose to forgive someone you haven't forgiven yet, you will experience, undoubtedly, you will experience a new level of freedom that you didn't have the moment before. So if the Holy Spirit shows you, yes, this is the person you need to forgive. I'm going to lead everybody in a prayer right now. It's very simple. And you're going to fill in the blank of that person. So just repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading me into all truth. I choose to forgive and go ahead and name that person. Okay. And say, and I release you 
from punishment and from my judgment. I give back to you what belongs to you. And I take back any part that I left with you that belongs to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. God is so good. God is so good. Hmm. I, I want to ask this question real quick. You know, if I know that everybody prayed this prayer, but if you immediately felt something different change when af, after this prayer, just raise your hand right there where you're at. Who, who, man, this is so powerful. This is no joke, you know, because those are the ones that raised their hand. The ones that didn't raise their hand is probably like double, you know, you know. But that's okay. We understand that the person you forgave might be next to you and want to be sensitive to that. So anyways, where's James? Come on, give Jesus praise if you learned anything. Amen.